Welcome to Make New Mistakes, a show about being in business, being in charge, and being the one to totally screw it up. Hosted by two lady C-suite types who are still learning, like you. Welcome to Make New Mistakes. Number eight. Number eight. Wow. It feels like we've been doing so many more of these than eight. eight. I know, but it's also been like 30 weeks. Yes, that's (laughs) true. That's true. That's true. So there's that. Uh, Make New Mistakes is a Mischief Media podcast. It is. And you should look up Mischief Media. By the time this comes out, there will be a new episode, a new podcast called Roll Nine and Three Quarters. Wow. There are so many podcasts. So many. That one's a Harry Potter D&D. Jump Scare just started. No, you're fine. That one's a Harry Potter D&D. Jump Scare just started. That's for horror. Yeah. Horror fans. It's just horror. It's not actually for horror fans. It's just pure horror. Listen to it if you don't like yourself. No, no, no. no, no. I want to be scared. No, no, no. no. It's a fabulous uh, horror movie. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And uh, Story Must Queer is trucking along. Oh, my goodness. Story Must Queer is my favorite. So many really, really great stories. Um, And it's just, like, nice to listen to. Like, it's very pleasant to listen to. Yeah, the, like, lineup is, like, fandom coming to your ears in yeah. many different ways at your face through your ears fandom at your face is our new tagline <laughs> fandom at your face sometimes that's what it feels like dun, dun, dun. <laughs> my life that's my whole life it's fandom at your face yeah absolutely get it on a t-shirt uh so today what are we going to talk about something i really don't want to talk about <laughs> that's i feel like that's a theme this that's is, this podcast. That's all we do. This podcast is like things I don't want to talk about. We started referring to this podcast as the worst idea we've ever had. <laughs> like just frequently. Like I think I think it should be our new tagline. This <laughs> make new mistakes. The worst idea we've ever had. Honestly, uh, yeah. But sometimes the worst ideas can be the best. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think this specifically, in its nature, this topic is by nature something you don't want to talk about. I love that we're building suspense about the topic. <laughs> yeah, don't get too excited, guys. It's just, you know. No, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. Um, What's that? Do I even deserve to be here? I'm going to leave. <laughs> oh, God, that was so meta. It it's hurt. too meta. Uh, um, imposter- what is imposter syndrome, Takia? Yeah, so imposter syndrome is... Exactly what you just said. I took a long break, but you can cut that out. Imposter syndrome is the out. feeling that silence. Why is are you doing this to me? To to honestly going meta. You know what would be interesting? Releasing this as like raw because that is the most exposure. Challenge accepted. No, we're making no, no edits. No, we're gonna put the music no. on the front and the end. No, see this reaction she's having no. right now. That's imposter syndrome. Um, so imposter syndrome is the feeling that you don't deserve to be in the position or place that you are in, and that everyone is going to somehow out. find out. Um, it's the dream of you know going on stage and being naked. Um, you know the dream I had last night, literally. It's, it's it's I know dreams are not supposed to be this literal. I burned down a house. <laughs> oh God! And it was like fandoms. It was like job related. That is it was, literal. I I on the literally nose. set a curtain on fire and the house burned down. And it was a beautiful old amazing house. And I burned it down. It's too on the nose. So funny. It's so on the nose that I was like. I, I, I woke up and I was like, okay, brain, we got to have a conversation. Oh. I've been meditating. <laughs> I think meditating is why I had such a clear dream about imposter syndrome. Well, you know, you're like really getting in touch with like your inner. <laughs> I hate it. Thanks for thanks for recommending meditation. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> thanks, I hate it. 
So um, I burned down an old Victorian house in Brooklyn last night in my dream. Wow. Wow. Yeah, like beautiful, like red brick. I, I, I see this house more clearly than anything I've ever dreamed about. <laughs> I wonder what that's a metaphor for. Yeah. My whole life. Your whole life. Yeah. Up in flames. In BD. <laughs> so, so imposter syndrome. Yeah. So let's talk about it. I think that this is going to be an ongoing theme. We've said that in the last uh, well, five episodes. That's it's, fair. That's what it is. These things are big and we're going to do the big things first. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, like we're going to have to come back to them. We're probably going to have to come back to them with guests and like with people who are outside of what we do, but seeing how they show up. But like, I think that this is something everyone feels to a degree. Everyone. I think it's the feeling of trying. Mm, say more. Anytime you're trying something, you are putting yourself out there in a new way and telling people, look, I'm trying a thing and I'm imperfect because nobody's perfect. So, of course, you're imperfect. So you're trying a thing. What are you talking about? I'm perfect. I'm just not going to do it until I'm I'm perfect. Listen, the denial episode is next week. (laughs) (laughs) This week we're talking about imposter syndrome. Is the denial episode next week? Sure. Maybe. Sure. Um, And it's it's like whenever you're trying... And you have feelings about being imperfect. Um, imposter syndrome is there to tell you that you're right about those feelings and not about the good. It's like, you know how people say you have to hear 10 good things about yourself to take one in, but you will hear every bad thing mm-hmm. about yourself. That's, that's, it's that same sort of thing, but with your performance. It's like every bad potential thought about why nothing you're doing will work. Everything you've done up till now is a failure. How do people trust you to run a business that is responsible for their lives? Gee, do you think I've had these feelings recently? Um, But I have them all the time. Everybody has them all the time. And anybody who says they don't have them all the time is either lying or or probably a startup cabillionaire, (laughs) you know, because they are able to sell their ideas with like no uh, feeling that maybe my ideas aren't perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, So you have... It's the it's the feeling of putting yourself out there and having a voice in your head that tells you why are you why uh, nothing you're doing is right. And then when things go right, it's the voice that says that was just luck and you didn't actually earn it. You didn't actually build that. You still don't belong here. You still don't belong here. I yeah. call it I call it grog snot. <laughs> I do. It was like a, it was like a writing thing. Mm-hmm. Whenever so I used to be a reporter and you have no time for this white page bullshit when you're a reporter. It's write the fucking thing down because your editor is literally standing over your shoulder screaming at you. That has happened to me. And you, boy do you learn to write fast when that happens. And but when I was writing a book, I didn't have that. And so all these doubts about can I write this? Can I do this? Is blah, 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 I I think it was Cheryl's suggestion to name it, to name name it, envision it, name it as a character. So I imagined a little green hopping like goblin sort yeah. of creature, um, ugly, and I called him Grogsnop. Yeah. Um, what is the, what's that uh, cliche that's like, right, drunk, edit, sober? I, mm-hmm. I can only do that. Like I get very in my head about like everything that I put down on paper or like try to articulate. And so I have to in some way let go like i have to like make a conscious decision to just like i don't care how this goes like i've like i i'm sitting here i don't care i'm just gonna say it in order to get through and past that point and then 
I'm really good at like dealing with the fallout, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. like, I, like there is nothing I can't deal with after the fact, but the, whether it's like imposter syndrome or, you know, general insecurity, I don't know, that like stops me from taking the first step. Mm-hmm. I have to come up with like all of these different mechanisms to just like barrel through. I have an example from from one of the other mischief podcasts, the one that we just released. Yeah. Uh, Roll nine and three quarters. Mm-hmm. So Frankie, who's been my co-host on Pottercast for many years, came to us a couple of months ago and was like, I love D&D. Let's do a Harry Potter D&D. And I'm just like, uh, I'm going to have to improv. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, that's not me. I don't, ah. But then I, you know, had this feeling of safety with my friends and we just started doing it. But when I listen to it now, because now we have the file, um, everything is like, that could have been better. That could have been funny, like in your head. And it's a really, really vulnerable thing to like say, this is my top of off, off the brain creative output that you're listening to. This is what I'm capable of. That's why improv is so scary because you're telling people like, yeah, this is, this is what my brain can come up with on the spot. Mm -hmm. This isn't the result of editing or blah, blah, blah. So, um, blocking that out when we record these things is going to be an ongoing incredible challenge because when I was able to block it out last time was at LeakyCon where, um, maybe I can pull the clip and put it in here is, um, no, we're not editing this. Is uh, Why do you keep saying that? We're not, because it makes my life easier. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't have to edit a podcast this week, that'll be great. Oh uh, so um, we had to improv a podcast on the spot, and MuggleCast went first. We were doing like a showdown between MuggleCast and Pottercast. And MuggleCast went first, and they got two prompts. One was uh, candlesticks, and one was Pop-Tarts. <laughs> and they made up this great like wick cast about like different Pop-Tart flavors and candlesticks and this and this and yeah. that. And when we had ours, we got pumpkin spice and um, uh, a decent lobster bisque because we were in Boston. Mm. And my little trader co-hosts went, oh, oh, we're so happy we have the inventor of the pumpkin pasty here with us. And they both turned around and just looked at me. <laughs> and I was like, fine, you jerks. And there was something about the mood and like it's leaky con, so I felt really safe. So I was just like, fine, fine. Julia Child's coming at you. And some sort of weird survival mode kick, kicked in. <laughs> weird survival mode. And I made up the most ridiculous voice and I made jokes like I was like paid to make jokes. I'd never make jokes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a lie because we make jokes here all the time. But I, but are very see, funny people. I feel like I, but I do not not at all feel like a funny person i feel like other people do this so well i can't, i don't know how to do this and it's that's bs when you feel safe you can do anything you want mm-hmm. i'm babbling yeah no i mean honestly a lot of this conversation is reminding me of the episode we did with amanda about yes. um kind of finding your your uh internal mediocre white man because it's very like i feel like this is also Imposter syndrome is something that is mostly talked about among, like, women and mm-hmm. or female identifying people. Yeah, this is gendered. Yeah. Because there are so many times that we are told that we don't belong in certain spaces mm-hmm. and doing certain things. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of women can't be funny can't or, be funny. you know, women don't lead. Women don't do so many things. And so once you find yourself in the position to have to do them, it feels like you're not supposed to. And I think that that's the space that imposter syndrome really occupies. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of times when we talk about this thing, my answer is sort of like, you just got to like get through it. But, and you, like, how do you get through how it? How do you get through it? Honestly, 
and I don't recommend this as a strategy, but I have had a drink sometimes, <laughs> like to, like to for like recording purposes. Yep. Um, but whatever you do to relax, and please don't rely on drinks to relax because that leads to bad places. <laughs> but um, um, cultivating a, a, a an environment of safety, like frankly, we have with mischief by hiring people that we trust and and can rely on creates an environment of safety because these people have your back. I remember uh, there was something something bad was going on in the company. Well, every year or so, something bad goes on in the company. And every I have to go fight. Year. I mean, like, little bad things. But, like, I'm talking about, like, like, like yeah. a big problem happens. Um, and, um, yeah, every year. And I have to go fight. I have to go do the thing. I have to go yell and cajole and negotiate and do what you got to do to get through it. And... Um, it's not, it's not fake at all that at, at one point I came back to the team and it sounds like I'm just giving words or giving lip service. But as I said, like, I really do feel like I can go out and have these, these arguments and fight these fights because anything I say, anything I say we're going to do or anything I say we need, team's got my back and I know they have my back and that does combat it, I think. But it's, yeah. that's a very long answer to... Yeah, no, no, no. I think that that makes a lot of sense. I also think, and this is a cop-out as well, I think that there is a lot of it that comes from repetition and experience and age to a certain degree. And, like, I'm not, like, wise and beyond my... Like, I'm not, like, old <laughs> in any way. Very um, old. <laughs> very old. Very old. In, in, in wisdom. <laughs> um, but there are so many things that I look back on... And think, oh, God, I would have done that so differently now. Yeah, especially this week. (laughs) We have to search through some old documents this week. And boy, we've been we've we've grown. We've grown and changed. But like there are things that I think through repetition become mundane that used to trigger the sensation of imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. But now you do it so much that it's like, whatever, this is just the way it gets done. And then there are the bigger things that still do make you feel like, oh, God, I don't know if I can do this. But more often lately, it's not even a sense of I don't think I can do this. It's the overwhelming sensation of knowing you have the potential and being afraid of not meeting it. I am afraid of not meeting my potential mm-hmm. all of the time. All of the time. And I know there's that, there's that, that famous Ira Glass thing about uh, you just have you, you will never meet your potential. So you just have <sighs> to start at a bad place and get closer to it. Oh, um, yeah. The one about taste. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It's, a, it's the taste gap. It's a really, uh, really go listen to it. Um, oh, God. I just, I just had an important thing to say about imposter syndrome. Then I started thinking about Ira Glass. And my brain started uh, wishing everybody was <laughs> wishing I was as good at this as Ira Glass, which again, <laughs> imposter syndrome. Um, oh God, what was it? No, I lost it. Well, I'll say this um, again: not editing, so that's staying in. Again, um, I'll just... I just assumed if I gave you enough silence on your own, you'd want to edit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unafraid of silence, improv master. I don't know. I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know Takia. Okay. But I'm funny. Gotcha. 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 Uh, um, I think we can say this. Mischief is preparing to raise money. Mm-hmm. We're going to just admit this? Yeah, that's true. It's not, admit, it's not like a bad thing. Yeah. But we are... Looking uh, for investors. Anyone out there <laughs> want to invest in mischief? 
I just had an idea, but I can't say that on the podcast. Okay. Um, we are preparing to go to fancy money people and say, we need to step this all up to the next level. And that's why you should give us your money. And that involves a process that has taken Takiya and I both down because we know we're great. We know our team is great. In very different ways, which I think is useful. I think that means there's like a yin-yang thing happening (laughs) because in very different ways we were taken down by this process. You literally were laying on a couch. (laughs) It's just like, I I don't know. I feel like I can't take a first step. She was all like, I got this. I got this. I I know you're feeling imposter syndrome. I got this. About an hour later, I got a Slack message. So I think imposter syndrome found me. I was like, like I'm laying on the couch in the kitchen. I was like, cool. I'll be right there. Uh, So that involves simultaneously telling the whole story of why you're so great and also telling the story of why you need other people. (laughs) And I think I am so socialized to not need other people. Mm. Even the idea of a loan freaks me out. An investment is a loan. You pay it back. It freaks me out so much that that might be why mischief has never taken on any debt because I won't do it. Like, and sometimes, but like you look at WeWork they're like, well, let's not maybe measure ourselves against let's WeWork. Let's not. Let's not. But any any big and growing company, yeah. WeWork, Uber, all these. That's they, okay. They, they are like debted up to their ears and they don't blink. How do they live? How do the people at the head of these I'm, – I'm, I'm freaking out thinking about it. How do people living at the head of these organizations know that their company has – millions in debt. Yeah. You just and have that's to a positive it. thing. You just have to believe it. That was one of the things that always was hardest for me to wrap my head around when it came to corporate finance is because you have to believe that a corporation will live forever. Like that's the underlining assumption of a lot of calculations is that like there isn't an end of the money. There isn't an end of time. The corporation will exist forever. And like that's just a fallacy like that's not true companies die all of the time and some at some point someone gets left holding the bag and like that like that's not true but you have to just like go out believing it i don't know you flip a switch i i haven't found that switch and i think this is something that's probably pressing on a lot of women uh entrepreneurs and possibly women investors like you and I, we, I don't want to be that it's only women, but it is more women than men that feel this way. And I think that ha- socializing has a lot to do with it. And female identifying, when I say women, I'm, I'm, I'm meaning to, to include um, yeah. anyone who identifies this yeah. way. But um, it's, it, it's, I just can't, I can't yet wrap my brain around it. And it's something you just got to do beside, do whether or not you feel okay about it. And then that leads to more, like, if you do it before you feel okay about it, then you just feel even worse it's just it's just oh yeah very... it's a it's a tightrope and you're in heels <laughs> um, so invest in our company yeah we're great very stable. we are though this is very a... stable genius we are very oh don't inv- if there's something not to cut you're trying <laughs> are you are you trying to gaslight me into cutting <laughs> I don't know if that's like what is that? Yes, right like my, yeah, it's probably not. <laughs> now she's trying to gaslight? shame me into cutting my incorrect. Use of the word. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't be here. Bye. <laughs> oh my god! We're just unraveling. This is yeah. We're fine. We're very no. Ser- like we, we we try to enter a really honest space yes. here. Um, we obviously have been operating this business for ten years, so clearly something's okay. But it's just <sighs> it's just 
more it, than okay. We're actually experts in the fan space. We know what, we we're, know doing. what we're doing. Um, but we want to be really clear and honest with people about Hollis. Listen, I listened to Startup like crazy in its first season when Gimlet was doing its thing. And it's the, be- it's the best. All the uncertainty that you hear doesn't make me think less of them. It makes me think more of them for sharing it. And sometimes you literally hear Alex Bloomberg crying to his wife. Like that's... And that's a level of vulnerability that I really respect and enjoy seeing other people do. And so, oh, there's a man who got really vulnerable. That's really cool. Yeah. They do exist. Yeah. My boyfriend's one of those. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's it's great. We don't mean to be like anti-bro here. We're anti-bro. We're, we're not anti-man. anti-man. <laughs> that's a very important distinction. All all Not all bros are men and not all men are bros. Squares and rectangles. Yeah. Um, no, not squares. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> what is the first time you remember experiencing? Oh, my God. How far back can I go? Right? There's a degree to which you're like, I don't, I don't know. not experience. Like, there it. are times on the playground where I can remember. Absolutely like, there right? are. Like, I remember, you know, playing basketball or something, which I'm not a sports ball person. Um, I only did it when I was, like, six. You're also pretty short, so basketball. I'm also pretty short. <laughs> so basketball's a tough one. <laughs> but, yeah, there are times, like, literally from childhood that I can remember experiencing imposter syndrome. But what's, like, a meaningful one? Oh, dancing on the dance floor as a child. I would not do you couldn't drag me and that was because i was like i'm not good enough i can't do it now i dance like a lunatic ever anywhere i, I sometimes i'm dancing down the hallways i, I love it <laughs> unlocking that key was like a big deal in the professional world um my first job out of college was at mtv networks and i was a assistant for the pages online which was an internal magazine and I had to interview uh, John Mayer <laughs> before anyone knew he was John Mayer. He appeared, because this is what you do when you're an early star. Mm-hmm. You appear in the VH1 offices and perform for a bunch of executives. So I had to, like, do this interview with him, not knowing a thing about him, um, not knowing a thing about music, really, and come back with something good. And it worked out fine. And actually... Later that year, he had blown up, and we were. I was covering the MTV Music Awards for the pages online, uh-huh. and he came down the line. And I don't know if you've ever seen a red carpet; it's the worst. <laughs> Being a reporter on the red carpet is my least favorite thing in the world because uh-huh. of experiences like this. This was a good one, but I mean, like, like in general, it's like, it's a, such 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 a mob. Everybody's screaming names. It's it's the worst. Um, and he came down, and we started talking, and he was like, "Hey, nice to see you again. This is an man." Talk about deleting the old because <laughs> I'm standing next to yeah. reporters who'd like do this for a living and they like turned around to me and they were like, like Who are you? What? Who are you? That was can I use that audio? Do you mind if I use that quotes? Those quotes? I'm like, yeah, go for it. Like, you know, it's fine. So um, so that was one. And then there's one earlier in um, college, which is I was interning for US News and World Report, and they sent me to cover Julian Schnabel's uh, Basquiat movie opening and to interview Julian Schnabel (sighs) and it was very he wanted this interview to be like one of these interviews that you like read about in the sense of you read about what the reporter and the interview subject are doing oh he there were other people in the room so this is not like a me too thing but he like invited me into his bed like not not in a sex way not in a sex way everybody was closed people were in the room and he's just like cuddle up with me so I can tell you the story and it was so inappropriate and so weird and so but I was like 
That's 19. So it is still weird. I think about it. I'm like, it is weird. Nothing, nothing untoward happened. He was just being like eccentric artist guy, you know? And there were like two press people in the room. So this must have happened all the time. So I was like, and it was one of those moments where I was like, am I, should I, really, should I be here? Really? Do I, should I know something about being a reporter that I don't? That means I should have stopped that. Can we segue yeah. just like a hot minute yeah. and talk about how being in the position in a professional experience at 19 years old where you're like, part of my job is to climb into this bed. Yes. Is not. You can, you can see how this has like stuck. And also I just didn't have good. the not ability good. to like stand, to like, to like be like, mm, not something I'm interested in doing, which is what I would have done now. I was like, no, this is what reporters must do to get color from oh, their God. stories. <laughs> I cannot stress enough how nothing happened. I don't want this to be like a Julian Schnabel story. He's, it was fun, like nothing. There were people in the room. It was just like a he wanted to create this like intimacy for the chat, I think, in like this really false way. And it was really wild. That you agreed to before getting into the room. Listen, I was not as I'm not I'm not I'm just I just I want to make sure No 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 it was not it was not like I I think today he probably would not do that. (laughs) Let's let's there we go. Let's be honest. (laughs) But all these when you do junket interviews, they happen in hotel rooms a lot, and so like there's a bunch of PR people sitting in the sitting in the room and listening to your interview and like that's how it goes. But I think he was just so anxious for um, it to be a better experience than I'm sitting across the table telling you things. Yeah. And like, I get like, again, not accusing George Schnabel of anything, but it was just one of these moments where it was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this moment, mm-hmm. you know? And that was like a, like a very big imposter moment. And I left going, should I, should I, have said, should I is that, is that a thing that happens? I, just, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So what was yours? Tell, I'm sorry that I gave you two really <laughs> weird stories. My life is weird. Sorry. Yeah, those were, no, those were phenomenal stories. <laughs> um, Honestly, so like my first job out of undergrad was at the HPA. Oh. Yeah. Explain it. <laughs> so uh, I don't even know where to start. So the HPA is a nonprofit organization um, that uses parallels from the Harry Potter novels to mobilize people towards social activism and service yeah you read um, another book which used to be my like pitch like forever ago i don't think that's even how they describe it anymore yeah. i think they'd say the hba turns fans into heroes which <laughs> which mal came up with at a big brainstorm session <laughs> out of a result of group creative input but the actual words came out of my mouth i'm very proud of them um but so i was 21 and working in a very very small online organization um there were by the time I was full-time at the HPA, there were three of us. It was me, Andrew, and Acacia. Um, and that was it. And I was the managing director. Um, and to give you a sense, their current managing director has, like, a master's degree and and years and years and years of experience in, like, the campaign realm and, you know, with other organizations. And so for me to be doing even sort of the job at 21 was just, like, wild. Like, it was wild there was a degree to which there was a lot of imposter syndrome because like looking back like i am smart and capable and we were all figuring it out and like some of that was truly imposter syndrome and some of that was truly being like out of my depth um and you know looking over the 990s and taxes and and things for organizations that like i i did not have enough information about to be actually in charge of um and so a lot of that experience like honestly like i can say 
I can say freely now that I had a really bad experience at the HPA um, because now I'm the president of the board. So like obviously things, <laughs> right? Like obviously things have changed. Also, it's it's been a very, a decade, it's been yeah. a decade. It's a very different organization now. Um, but I had a really, really bad experience for, you know, th- reasons that maybe we'll get into in a different episode. Um, and so that really sticks out for me as not only like a moment of imposter syndrome but the time in which I started to like unpack what imposter syndrome meant like I was at a place where I needed to like in order to get out of bed some days I needed to understand why I was feeling the way that I was feeling um and so I spent a lot of time trying to figure out like which like where each decision fell did I feel bad because I actually didn't know enough to do it or did I feel bad because I felt because I just thought that I didn't know enough to do it um and so it was like that really helped shape honestly like every like every professional experience that I've had since then because like now like I have a benchmark um and god willing that will have been one of the worst professional experiences knock on wood um because mitch has been pretty good uh that i She's that sitting I, with her boss <laughs> it's true i ask, have to ask i have to shine on boss team member <laughs> ask her when she's not sitting in a power dynamic to tell you the truth <laughs> um hopefully that will be you know one of the one of the ones to constantly look back on and like measure against um but i think that it's really it's been really really helpful because like there's so there's so much that I feel freer and like more confident about because I had to like buoy and like find that confidence at a very early age. Um, and so that's that's one that like sticks from sticks to my ribs and I will like can talk about forever. Um, mm-hmm. Also, just like I had a bunch of them. I uh, I got into the University of Chicago uh, for undergrad and didn't go because I w- thought I wasn't smart enough. Like I thought that I'd Seriously? gotten it on a fluke. Yeah. Oh like my that. god! But they are literally telling you you're smart enough to come here. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, but That's the so University sad. of Chicago is like built up as like the hardest place to go to school, right? And like people will tell you you probably dodged a bullet, and like like sure. a lot of people will tell you different like, things about Harvard's it. Harvard's not that great. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I really like I legit thought I just like wasn't smart enough to go, and I'd get there, and they'd realize that there there had been a huge mistake. That is the most imposter <laughs> syndrome thing I've ever heard. Um, but but like, that's real. That's valid. Yeah, I mean it's not. It's not true. <laughs> it's a valid feeling. Yeah. No, I mean, and honestly, like, uh, this harkens back to our regrets episode. I think that, like, every decision that you make gets you to where you are. And so, like, had I gone down that road, I'd be totally, like, I would probably wouldn't be here today. Right. Um, and so I'm totally fine with it. But it is a moment where I can, like, say, yeah, that was <laughs> you feeling like an imposter. Wow. I wonder why... I feel often the the need to overexplain things to everyone, mm-hmm. and the need to be perfect. Oh, yeah. The 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 like mistakes are not okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. mean, one of the things that I really um we've I've mentioned Brene Brown and it's one of the other her. past episodes. Yeah. I love her, but one of the things that I really took away from her first two books, um, definitely Gifts of Imperfection and I can't remember what Daring Greatly. Uh Daring Greatly's the third one. There's one in between, one? I'm pretty sure. I know I know I know it. I own it. It's fine. But one of the things second book. One of the things that I, I really took away from definitely Gifts of Imperfection, it's really good, really good, is like how to better define my perfectionism. Mm. Um, because like I, 
no one's perfect and like if you're like if you have any sort of perfectionism i think that a lot of people go but i'm not perfect so i can't be a perfectionist right like i like i don't <laughs> right i think that that's a that's a sensation that a lot of people have is that like i can't that's be a perfectionist funny. i'm not perfect um and the the fear of taking the first step because it won't be perfect is something that has plagued me for so, 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 so long. Um, and when I can in the moment, and I think that like that fear is also wrapped up in imposter syndrome, right? It's the fear of, I don't know how to do this. I don't know enough. It's not going to be perfect. I can't do anything. And being able to name it in the moment helps me like put it back in its like place and actually do the thing that needs to get done. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't gotten there have not mindfulness man i'm telling you so far i've done two meditations <laughs> well let's see what we're here i do feel nice after them. <laughs> we'll see we'll see we're gonna keep tracking this here on making mistakes how does melissa feel <laughs> um, after, me- after meditating <laughs> mixed results so far yeah i feel like, very sleepy <laughs> yeah i i've always been like incredibly self-reflective like i'm i don't know like i'm a ravenclaw virgo like i, I... knew those words were come out of your mouth that's so funny what can i say i've always been incredibly incredibly self-reflective um and so and it's one of those things where like you are gonna meditate for like you know the next let's say you're gonna meditate for the next year mm-hmm. um at each step of it you won't realize that like anything is changing like i think we could honest to god track it every episode and be like so mel how do you feel about meditating but a year from now you'll look back and you'll go oh like you'll see the whole picture i'm excited and i think that that like for me i spent a like i did a god i wish i do yoga now which is like kind of helping me get back into a meditative process that's fair i do yoga every friday so maybe yoga is part of it yeah 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 for me at least but like it it's a time to like check in on yourself like mm-hmm. focus on your breathing and not the rest of the world shavasana is the best <laughs> people who leave before shavasana i just i don't know what you're doing with your life yeah uh yeah. um but i did like a semester on mindfulness and it like honestly wasn't until two years later that i was like oh shit <laughs> like oh god i did i did something something like actually has changed i managed the stressful situations way better now <laughs> Uh, honestly, we the events have done that. Mm-hmm. The events have done, like, events are not meditations. Let me <laughs> let me tell you, if you're looking for an opposite of meditation, look into events. Uh, Live and, events, babe. Five thousand yeah. people. Ooh, just Lord <laughs> Almighty. Um, but they de- they have definitely taught me to, to to like deal with stress. We're off topic. So that's imposter syndrome. <laughs> Um, yes. I would well, see we're off topic. I need to name it and say we're off topic. That's imposter syndrome. And it stops you from being present in the moment and like improving great or um, just just getting rid of your self-consciousness so that you can have fun and do the things that come out of having fun, which is normally the best stuff. Mm-hmm. So imposter syndrome, you suck. And we're going to keep battling you here on Make New Mistakes. Die, vampires, die. Die, vampire, die. Oh, Susan Blackwell, I love you. <laughs> I really do love her. Uh, mistakes in the news is our next segment. Our template is blank because we talked about something briefly. And is this the one we're going to talk about? Yeah. So I, um, I don't have specific articles to refer back to. And honestly, I'll, I can probably pull some for the show notes. Um, but Harvey Weinstein has been in the news again. Talk Not about like- a mistake. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, for a couple of reasons. One, the um, Ren and Farrah book has been yeah. getting a lot of like really, really kill. great 
uh buzz i have friends who've read it who really loved it um i haven't so i can't really talk to it <laughs> i haven't read but, it either but also same yeah. yeah um and uh rose mcgowan's suing him for like rico for racketeering she's mm-hmm. trying to get him on a on a conspiracy charge which is this it made this whole thing an episode of the sopranos and i'm, <laughs> I'm in favor um which is really really fascinating and it looks like bob weinstein is trying to you know like do get back into hollywood and so his brother i think so now i'm gonna see see we're not editing so you better google better better vamp while you're google I like how you've gone incognito to look up Bob Weinstein. I think you did well, it by accident. I did it. For, no, I did it because for my uh, Gmail. For your login. This episode is going to be called, This Episode is Unedited. Uh, head of Dimension Films, former co-chairman of yes, brother. Lantern Brother. See, we were right. We should have just leaned into it. That's imposter syndrome. Yeah. We is. were right. We were right. <laughs> would Zach have even... Googled. No, Zach Googled? would have just been like, yes, that is the correct answer. Yeah, I'm right. So he's trying to like bring the Weinstein name well, back not, to Hollywood. I mean, well, no, it's I his think he's name. just trying to make money. I mean, aren't they always? He's uh, starting a new company. Well, oh my lord, this is unsavory. Oh, uh, I hate paywalls. New York Times, your paywall is too restrictive. I hate everything about this episode. I can't believe we're not editing. This. We're not editing. Um, <laughs> see, we're, we're we're going meta. We're showing you imposter syndrome. Point being, Bob Weinstein is returning to Hollywood and trying, and, and we're vamping until the ads stop on this page. Uh, Bob Weinstein is returning to Hollywood and trying to to make a new company focusing on family films, comedies, and upscale adult and, thrillers. That's quite a collection of things. Yeah, and so what's interesting about this and what I've seen people talking about is like what it's not uh, what do we do with the person who kind of uh was complacent in it's a really hard charge to lay out somebody's feet because we're all complacent in some way mm-hmm. i'm not out at the border right now trying to physically get kids out of cages so am i complacent oh my you god know? let's not i have what spiral I'm two weeks ago the spiral is real and so i don't want to like say because you're the brother of this person and you were complacent you don't get to do things anymore that's a, a philosophy or a, a, a ideology that doesn't get you very far i also don't know what his real involvement or knowledge was of all this yeah i i think that more so i want to talk about this as a um larger systemic mistake of people and i think that this is this is the weinstein case for me besides being like criminal and and disgusting is really interesting because it 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 forces us to examine the systems by which people get away with this kind of behavior for yeah decades it's because they use the power at their disposal to build such a machine up that when they do get into trouble there are systems still in place that can catch the pieces they don't fall off the map their brothers start companies with the money they've made in the system that their power propped up and now their mistakes don't don't delete them from the landscape and i think that it's i think i'm interested to watch what this production company does and what this like re-entry looked like and 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 whether or not, he, like, what the welcome back to Hollywood elites looks like. Because it's interesting to me. Um, I don't think I have, I don't have a, 
uh, moral judgment on Bob Weinstein because honestly, I don't know enough about all of this. But I think that it's it's interesting to see what we do as a society with kind of like the gray area um, and people who are involved but not yeah. perpetrators. Yeah, I mean, Leone is involved apparently. She's in a and she's producing one of the family and like we love Leone. She's kind of great. She's great on Madam Secretary and she's great as a person as far as I can tell. And so it's gray. There's it's, a lot of gray. There's a lot of moral lot of gray. gray area. Um and I think that it's I think that but if there's somebody who doesn't have imposter syndrome for his brother being one of the worst people on the planet, it's Bob Weinstein. Like, it really does take some gumption. But then again, why should he? And again, I don't know enough about him to like, so let's pretend that he's not a bad guy and he was just complacent. And he didn't know and didn't like actually participate um, for the sake of this conversation. Why should he ruin his life on on purpose out of imposter syndrome, right? Whatever that is. I don't know if that's actually imposter syndrome or if it would be like, I don't, it, it would be, it would be like, I don't deserve to be here because my yes. brother did all these horrible things. Yes. And I think that there are people in the world who would, honestly, I think that I might be one of them. I think that, like, in the event that, let's say, something happens, right, like, if, I've, if I'm complacent in, like, you know, years of abuse, like, right. I think I I would feel like I shouldn't, I didn't belong anymore. I think, the, in, I, think in, it, I didn't belong in the good graces. I didn't belong. Absolutely. You'd feel that way, but would you, do you owe anybody acting on that way? yourself if you care enough about your moral whatever i don't know that's the thing that's imposter syndrome i think right. i would i think i would i think it, uh, at the very least i think I, I think i'd stop for a little bit longer i think it'd probably take me like five years also to... if your name was like you know if if you had the same name and you're bringing the name of uh, that has that has been synonymous with abuse and and horribleness uh maybe you would maybe you shouldn't maybe you shouldn't maybe you should say you know what it's cool. We're good. Yeah. I'm I think I can confidently say that my imposter syndrome would mean that it took me a couple more years to <laughs> bounce back. Just a couple more years. That's what I that's what I think my takeaway is. But I'm interested to watch this because I think that this is a really, really interesting um watching kind of the fallout, I guess. Yeah. Not necessarily the criminal case. Um, because I think that will be whatever it is, honestly. So what we're saying <laughs> is that Bob Weinstein should maybe have taken a minute. Yeah, I'm just saying it's been like a year since the, the... trials haven't started. Yeah, it's been like a year, right? Yeah. This was like mid 2018. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, God, it felt so long ago. Because every every day, day is so, <laughs> so long. Every day is so full of things. All right, I don't know. This is gonna be a, such an interesting episode of this podcast. The mistakes we've made. Oh god. Uh, Not editing a podcast. Yeah, this episode of this podcast is a mistake that we've made this week. <laughs> I've god. made many mistakes uh, this week. I waited too long to fill people in on a big project we have. <laughs> because I was trying to spare their like time off. And then um when everybody was back and I was like, Oh hey, we have to do this big thing, it's it is much bigger than I anticipated. And so I've sort of saddled people with a bunch of work that they weren't <laughs> expecting. Um, so have realistic expectations for the projects that you're setting in front of your employees. That's my advice this week. <laughs> Was that a laugh born out of uh, that statement being applicable to a whole range of things, Takia? I would never. Not, no comment. I would never. No comment. No comment. Um, mistakes this week. 
I don't know, man. I am operating without a to-do list again, which is oh. like... No, but that's... My to-do list is like two things. It's all the time, but like two things. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's really hard to sit down at this stage and just like write a to-do list because I can never cross things off of it. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is what has... Honestly, I've been operating with, without a to-do list in some form or another for like what feels like a year or so. Um, but like, I will write, write, like I write things down. I like get things done, obviously. Um, but (laughs) I don't know, but you know what I mean? Like I don't have the like systemic, like I wrote everything I need to do on a list and like I crossed it off. I migrated things to the next day if I didn't get them done. Like I don't have like that, that mechanism in play. And I, I, and so like I feel kind of awash sometimes and I just do the things that come first at my face mm-hmm. um, and I wished that there was a better I wish that there was a better system or that like I had a better system for tackling all of the things I need to get done um, but I just the to-do list thing doesn't work for me right now no. I, there, it, like I don't it's, even know how it's to it's too cloud shaped our like, lives are too right, cloud like, shaped project the next three years of <laughs> <laughs> I you can't project the next three months it's, everything changes so quickly. Everything changes so quickly. I literally had a moment because um, I was working on this for the pitch deck and I had a moment where I texted a friend. I was like, I have to figure out what mischief is going to be doing in 2023. Is the world still going to be here in 2023? I don't know. That's a really valid question. <laughs> is, it just, is the sun just going to explode? Like, who knows? In the middle of a pitch deck. <laughs> 2020, 2021, 2022 was the apocalypse. So we haven't, <laughs> we haven't put that in here but i think we can all at this table agree it is not necessary (laughs) thus ends my pitch please invest in us for the next two years of the world (laughs) but do you know what i mean if the world's ending in 2022 what is the point of anything Um, you can't think like that (laughs) cannot um yeah and so that that Cool. Self-care tips. Sounds like we need some this week. (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, So uh, I did start the meditation finally. It took me a minute uh, to start. And I I, I did it in the sauna with my phone and my earphones in the sauna. Not like great for my phone or my earphones, but who cares? I took my phone into hot yoga on Monday. I was like, this is fine. This will be fine. That's like an hour. I'm talking about five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, it was like an hour and like... It was warm, let me tell uh, you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I also have been spending time with my new, uh, how do you call a nephew that's your friend's child? <laughs> Fre- frefew? <laughs> um, I, my friend, Frenfew. Uh, Charles had a baby, uh, and his name is Dash. Dash Monahan, what a name. Wow, that there's, is quite a name. There's a PI office <laughs> waiting for that name on the door. And, um, He's so beautiful. And I just go over to her house and I sit there and I kiss his little baby head and it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing more yoga, which is great. Um, I also have been doing like also like some little uh, social events, networking kind of mm-hmm. thing, which is always nice. It's nice to like talk to people who aren't like us out in the world <laughs> happens you know rarely I mean? it's true um and i think that that's that's really great though it's ex- also exhausting so like i can't wait to like sit down and just watch supernatural tonight um it's thursday there's a supernatural oh yeah, this man. dark materials is coming i'm so excited <laughs> uh cool. Cool, cool all right well um 
This mistake has been brought to you by Mischief Media. <laughs> That's going to be our sign off. <laughs> this has been a mistake brought to you by Mischief Media. Honestly? This podcast is a mistake. This podcast is a mistake. <laughs> I don't think that's true in any more than I think any of the other episodes are mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank right. you for listening. Thank you. Send us email. Newmistakespod yes. at gmail.com. And, and do all the social things. On the social things. You know by now what to do. Just Google us. <laughs> we leave a review. Leave a review. Do that. Yeah, honestly. That actually does help us get listeners. Reviews, please. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> we shouldn't ask for reviews. That's We don't deserve to ask people for <laughs> reviews. I know it's so meta. This whole thing is meta. It's meta. This episode is meta. It's going to be the title. <laughs> <laughs>